Good morning, Carrie. Good morning to all of our dynamic listeners out there. Good morning. Absolutely. Well, listen, we're celebrating, as we mentioned right before the music uh, break, uh, celebrating National Hairstylist Appreciation Day. And uh, we wanted to make it a very special broadcast. Uh, And we've got got a lot to get into. It's rare that we do an 8 o'clock in the morning live co-host. Uh, but we are today. And this particular gentleman who's joining us, and I've got to say, I'm going to have to stop the background music for a moment. I have to say, uh, he is uh, just someone who's very special to us, as we're going to reveal throughout this interview this morning. He's been with us many times, but I think today, I believe today, is his very first time being live on the air on the Hair Radio Morning Show. So I think this is his first time being live with us. So we're real happy and excited. Now, um, I'm just going to first just bring him on the line, and uh, we're going to kind of take it from there. He is someone who, uh, let me just tell you a little bit about Mr. Wayne Smith. And we have, we've got a little bit of a recorded piece, but I'm going to have to jump in. Wayne, welcome to the Hair Radio Morning Show. Carrie, it's a pleasure to always have the opportunity to uh, chat with you, and uh, certainly my first time getting the opportunity to talk with LaSonia and Nicole, so I'm delighted to oh, yes. have the opportunity to talk with Likewise. you. Yes. Thank you. Wayne, I've got to just tell everybody a little bit, and then I'm going to play a recorded piece so they can hear your real background here. But uh, you were mayor, now uh, mayor, for 12 years. In one of the uh, most well-known spots I know, uh, not far from where I'm located now in New York, but you were mayor down in uh, Irvington, New Jersey. And uh, let's lead on in with that. Let's start. uh, This was uh, from 2002 to 2014. Can you tell the listeners of the Hair Radio Morning Show a little bit about your background? Well, yeah, so and, I had the opportunity sure. to serve as uh, mayor of uh, Irvington, New Jersey, which is the third largest community in Essex County. It's right next to my birthplace, which is Newark, New Jersey, my, my hometown. And, um, you know, got an opportunity to get involved when I bought a home in the community in terms of some local issues and local organizations. And then in, in uh, 1990, we elected our first African-American mayor. I became his uh, chief of staff and had the opportunity to serve with him for four years. And then uh, it, that was in 1990 to 94. In 96, I got elected to the city council, served on the city council six years. Four of those years, I had the distinct pleasure of being president of that body. And in 2002, I sought the office of mayor and got elected, and got elected three times, served uh, the uh, three, <laughs> yeah. three terms. And, uh, and, and during that tenure, I had the opportunity to do some other exciting things as mayor, um, because I got opportunity to lead two mayoral organizations. One, uh, I was president for about seven years of the New Jersey Conference of the uh, New Jersey Urban Mayors Association, which are the largest cities in New Jersey, which is Newark, Irvington, East Orange, Asbury Park, Jersey City. And then my last year as mayor, I had the opportunity to serve all my colleagues in the state of New Jersey as president of the New Jersey Conference of Mayors. Wow. I'm just blown away. When we look back at your career and Mm -hmm. uh, just being a, I mean, to me, you're a political strategist. You're incredibly savvy with business. 
And um, I want to kind of get, uh, we're going to drill it down a little bit about your tenure uh, throughout your, uh, you know, being mayor in Irvington, New Jersey. But I have got to tell you why we invited you here this morning, Mr. Wayne Smith, mayor, mm -hmm. as they say, emeritus. Uh, I have to tell you, uh, for the most part, it, we've been dealing a lot with the businesses, and I have mm -hmm. to jump on in, the, uh, especially the, the hair salons and the, uh, the smaller businesses, the hair salons, the barbershops, a lot of the folks in and around the country mm -hmm. uh, have been dealing, as you know, with this pandemic, with the coronavirus. Um, one of the things that uh, was provided was these funds that were made available for businesses as some right. relief. Uh, I've got to let you explain it. You are also a person who day-to-day -day, you're also in banking. You're in money. You deal with all kind of con business stuff. Uh, I don't have to set you up with this. You know exactly where the money trail is. Yeah, so the, pay the Payroll Protection Act was designed to help businesses survive this uh, disruptive uh, virus that we're all confronted with, the coronavirus. However, the legislation was very short-sighted because it didn't make a lot of provisions for the self-employed. So you have, in the beauty business or the hair care business, you have um, kind of various forms and organizations. So your basic neighborhood salon, most of the individuals um, are really self-employed and they operate under an umbrella. Some are on payroll, so you have a better shot if you you have a corporate structure and you pay your your stylist a paycheck. Um, but I I will tell you that most of the major corporations you have places like Harvard, Ruth Steakhouse, Ruth Chris Steakhouse, and those kind of companies who had the lawyers and the accountants, you even had the Lakers. Now, some of these people, like Shake Shack, returned money. The Lakers right. returned their money. They got, like, millions of dollars. And the first round of this uh, money that Congress appropriated was easily spent, spent, just spent up. Um, and so there's a second round out there now, and it's still, it's still somewhat short-sighted in terms of uh, taking care of individuals um, who are in the beauty business if they're not a corporate structure. So self-employed people are, are struggling to get some of that money. Some of them may have been qualified for the stimulus money if they file their tax returns. So that becomes critically important for operators who, who may not be on current in their taxes and all, those kinds of things. That's why it's important that all of our businesses – make sure that they're on top of their game in terms of those kinds of appropriations. But the other the other the more dangerous part for us as a community I think is what we gotta what we gotta look at in terms of the future, even if we get when we we're gonna get past this at some point. And um but so it's a major disruption though in terms of will many of those businesses survive this economic storm and be able to reopen. And so here's where um, our ability to activate our governments at every level to help our business survive mom and pop. So, for instance, in New Jersey, in addition to the federal money, there's, uh, there's other pots of money that are helping small businesses in New Jersey. So there's the New Jersey Economic Development Authority that's offering a pot of money that's in addition to the federal money, 
And also in New Jersey, there's an organization called New Jersey Community Capital, which is also offering some small business assistance. Now, so we have um, Lasonia there, Lasonia Nicole from from the the, the uh, Maryland D.C. area. So now that's an opportunity for wherever our our salon owners are, or beauticians and barbers, wherever they are in the country, to talk to your state government to see if they're offering assistance as well. Now, some of them are fronted confronted with budget issues themselves, but some of them have some right. money to do some things. And uh, so they should be talking to they should be talking to their city government. So like where Carrie where you are, New York City is huge and they're gonna right. have some budget woes as well, but they're gonna be some money to assist businesses ramping up. And so the important thing for us as a community of people is that barbershops, hair salons were really the cash cows of our neighborhood, we, we have never confronted uh, a si- situation where those businesses, because the beauty businesses have always been defined as recession-proof. No exactly. matter how bad the yes, community right. is doing, we want to look good. We also got to go to work. <laughs> we got to go to our house of worship, so we want to look as best we can. And so those businesses, no matter what the economic climate, were able to provide cash flow for communities. And so this is the first time where we've seen those kinds of businesses really get a major economic hit. And so um, we've got to really figure out as a community how we rebuild those businesses. And I I would also suggest that those salons, as they begin to reopen, like places like Georgia um, are reopening. But the question is, what do you do to your salon to help make it more inviting in this pandemic we're facing? So do you do you provide extra cleaning? So you have to promote that. Uh, do do we have uh, separate stalls that have the six feet uh, distancing? And and that's going to be a challenge for many because sometimes we try to crowd as many people as we can. Some of those business right. models for our communities are going to have to change uh, for some of our customers who are going to be extra cautious. Even though the government, some governments, at least some state governments like Georgia, are telling people to go back as normal. And we're not going to be normal for a while. If you listen to all the health and science professionals, they're telling us that right. we're uh, uh, a ways from uh, being being uh, uh, back to normal because we have to develop these tests and, and then there's not enough resources for testing and so forth. So we have to be very careful about and so where our state governments may be off track in terms of how they want to get the economy moving again, you rest assured that we better be careful for our own healthy and safe reasons to look for those businesses that are going to accommodate this new environment. So I would suggest, and Carrie, you're a great Absolutely. carrier of the word of this new model and trying to figure out how we make the salons more friendly to this new emerging environment. So the other piece is, is that, the, you know, the salons were also a social network. Um, I'll go back to President Obama's time, because as we practice this whole social isolation, beauty salons and barbershops were where we campaigned at, because if you want to spread the word and create that's some right. conversation, <laughs> that's, that's where you right. put it. That model is going to change somewhat because of this whole social distancing and social isolation that we're probably going to have to practice at least a few more months, if not more. So, you know, and these were great carriers of the word about different things. Now, we have some elections coming up. Some are local elections, like in my hometown, we have elections for the school board. 
um, and I would encourage people to get out and vote, um, whatever your preferences are. You got uh, races for the city council. You know, I have my own personal choices, but people should get out and vote. The city of Newark has school board elections, but a lot of places have state elections. And so in Maryland, exactly. we, in Maryland, they just reelected uh, Quasan Fume, former head of the NAACP, yes, in a special election. So, you know, and people did come out, and, you know, I think that was by mail, so that's a good thing. A lot of, in New Jersey, we're voting by mail, so, uh, you know, we got to encourage people to make sure that they participate. We can't get depressed, because I think those forces who are against uh, urban communities, minority communities in particular, black and Latino communities, will hope that we get mired in trying uh, our survival mode, that we forget to vote, but we can't do that. We have a presidential election in November. So all these things are going to impact what we're able to do. you got a lot of state offices up and whether or not we survive as a community. And one of the things I would encourage salon owners to do, even though so many of them probably will not qualify for some of this money unless they press their state and city people to help them, that we must let the policymakers know that we're displeased with that. And so don't mm. take it for granted that your call to the congressional office, your letter to a congressional office, your email to a congressional office, a governor's office, a mayor's office, a city council member's office about what they should be doing to restore, to restore economic vitality to neighborhoods is important, then they will, they will fall on deaf ears. And so remember, even though we're in this pandemic, we've got to figure out how we get food in our house, how we pay the bills and all that. All of this is, is in sync yes. with uh, making sure those people who are in control of all levels of government. We even got a challenge, you know, with the Board of Ed. You got so many kids who depend on their school district for food. They get their free yes. breakfast program, their free lunch. How is our government transitioning to making sure those kids eat? You and know, and yeah, some parents are still working. Now, the, the other disruption that in addition to the beauty business that we have to be careful about is that, um, and they're having this discussion right now about our state and local governments. Now I'm telling people we should be pressing them for resources to help our businesses and to stay alive, um, but they're also in trouble. So McConnell, the, speak, uh, the uh, head of the Senate, was just saying that the state should go bankrupt just the other day. So he's kind of I heard that. Yes. Yeah, he's rolling back from some of that. Because yes, now, so got a lot of blacks for that. About, yeah, yes. so a lot of discussion about making sure the states have resources and the cities have resources. So, but exactly. but here's the challenge for us as a community, because many of the salon owners know that a lot of our people, who are great customers of ours, work for state and local government. They're the social workers. They're the teachers. They're the nurses. They're, some many of them are the front line people who who work in government institutions that are going to have major budget cuts if we don't fund these institutions. So particularly our black and brown middle class, a lot of that is made up of government workers. And LaSonia will tell you where she's from that our, our best and brightest, a lot of them work in the D.C., Maryland area, have great government jobs. But yeah, if, the government, right, right, right. if the government shrinks, to a significant level, it's going to have a major impact on our community. So our beauty businesses have challenges. A lot of our economic supporters, our government employees, they got challenges. And then even some of our 
uh, houses of worship is, is in, for the Muslim community is the month of Ramadan, and they can't worship because of social distancing in the traditional right. way. Our churches can't worship in the traditional way. And those are, those are spiritual houses, but they also have an economic component to them. Mm-hmm. Yes. And, if, and and if we don't if we're not in a position to give to them, then those institutions become weakened as well. So we you know we have a lot um, you know these are major challenges, and we obviously don't want to get depressed in terms of all the stuff that we have to do as a community. But we have to confront all of them, and so all of them are going to require new business models, new ways of thinking, um, and. Uh, um, you know, we're all looking forward to working with each other and and staying healthy and safe at the same time. But we still have to keep these issues uh, ahead of us because we have uh, our young and our old to make sure that they are taken care of, and we've got a lot on our plate. You can say that again. Well, listen. Uh, let me just catch everybody up. Uh, if you've just joined us, you're listening to the all new Hair Radio Morning Show. I'm Carrie Hines. It is Thursday morning, April 30th, 2020. It's our show number 442, and we're live, live this morning. It's about 822 um, out of New York, well, on the East Coast, I should say. My amazing co-star, Miss LaSonia Nicole, out of the DMV. She puts the M in between the D and the V out of Maryland. And um, we're happy to have you with us, LaSonia. And our very, very special guest, uh, that we've been enjoying, I've been listening to this, wow, uh, is from the state of New Jersey. Now, he was mayor from uh, 2002 to 2014. Uh, we call him Mayor Emeritus. Uh, you guys know. I love that because it's a Latin word that means uh, veteran soldier. And there's mm-hmm. no other way to uh, say this to the incomparable and irrepressible Mr. Wayne Smith. Wayne, again, welcome to the Hair Radio Morning Show. Again, Carrie, it's always a pleasure to have the opportunity yes. to chat with you and LaSonia Nicole and have the yes. opportunity to talk about some of the critical issues that impact your industry, but also impact your industry is a major economic force in our neighborhoods. And uh, we have to make sure that after all this is said and done, that that industry survives, and it may take some Innovation. This pandemic has been a major disruptor of practically every industry Hugely in America so. and around the world. But for us, um, as a community of people, you know, when the world is facing a, a cold, we literally get pneumonia. And so we have to make <laughs> for our sure community, that we, that's right. Yeah. So we have to make sure that some of our vital institutions. Uh, stay alive, and, and we've got to figure out this new business model. I, I, I will even tell you that some of this is going to require, and we talked about a lot of the things that we we should press because, we, you know, we all pay taxes. Um, you know, many of us served in foreign wars to protect our American society. But we also have to do, you know, what we can as a uh, an organization. So, like locally, you know, I work with uh, two organizations that do things in the community despite what the government does. One is the Irvington Block Association Coalition. The other one was a new emerging organization called Mutual Irvington, which is doing what we call mutual aid. You know, so the reality is government can't do everything. And so, citizens who have the means and the ability, because sometimes it ain't always money, it's also having the uh, intellectual capital. 
to exactly. do things in the community. So people need help. They don't always know where to get it. We have emerging immigrant communities that don't always know how to navigate the system. And so we have to educate and also see what resources we can get collectively. There are people stepping up to the plate, wanting to give, wanting to donate. And so we have to be in position to do that. And so um, having had the pleasure, uh, Carrie, to work with you in developing oh, the absolutely. Hair Association, those are some of the things yes. that uh, the association should be looking at as we try to help exactly. uh, our uh, the hair care industry survive exactly. this pandemic, you know. Yeah. So, you know, and what, I what have kind to of just mutual jump aid in and tell mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I'm going to just remind everybody, uh, this is really a great, uh, great story uh, because uh, several years ago, probably like five, six years ago, maybe longer, um, I was looking at creating uh, an association. And I wanted to, it was really just myself starting uh, with this uh, notion or this idea, this agenda, uh, to unite the hair industry across all lines, really, and uh, to really try to affect change, you know, to speak as a voice politically and otherwise, uh, socially as well. And uh, I, I said, you know what, how are we going to do this? I said, let me get someone who can help spearhead this operation, give the uh, feedback, civic, you know, speaking civically and otherwise politically uh, out there. And I looked for the very best I could find. And in walks this man, Mr. Wayne Smith. He was our first hair radio association head, the very first. This is how we got started with it. And I have to say, Wayne, from your beginnings helping us to get off on the right foot, I'm so proud to say we have about 800 people right now who are part of that association. So I uh, just want to say thank you for helping oh. us to, to – and just very – very good support and giving us that foundation. Thank you from on behalf of everybody at Hair Radio. Oh, you're quite welcome. And I think that's a it's a great start. And so we, you know, as as you develop that, and I want to I want to just say that you know, Carrie, your work has played a major impact on even some of the economic life of New Jersey, with the great thank uh, you conference you do on the oh, Atlantic right. City, which well, I yes. know has been yes. pushed back till August. Um, That's and right. so hopefully we'll, you know, we'll be, you know, this social distancing, whatever we have to do to make sure that that takes place um, in Atlantic City, which is a major exactly. uh, industry event for the beauty exactly. industry currently takes place. And so I, that's going to be big exactly. by August. Some of this will, the dust exactly. will have settled and so forth. So I've been, you know, been following all the developments. I see. Wayne, wow. (laughs) You stay on top of everything, (laughs) Wayne Smith, I have to tell you. Well, you know, what you have just mentioned is is very, is monumental. Uh, And Wayne is aware of this. Even when I was doing the Hair Nation Expo, I called up Mayor Wayne Smith. I'm like, Wayne, can you kind of tell us a little bit what's happening in local politics down in Atlantic City? I'm not going to get into that discussion, but you gave me the skinny <laughs> about what was going on down there in AC. Uh, you really did. Wayne, uh, wow, I was just moved. And um, even when myself, I thought about, you know, getting more involved on a community board and all these other mm-hmm. things here sure. politically mm-hmm. here in my neck of the woods. 
You know, mm-hmm. Wayne, I so appreciate it. I never forget. Wayne's like, you know, Carrie, they, they may have, I think they got an opening. You need to look into this and all that. So mm-hmm. I am so, I just, I'm so much appreciating all that you have done to keep on top of what we're doing in our efforts here mm-hmm. and all of that. And, yes, Hair Nation Expo, we were scheduled for May. You guys know because of the pandemic, we pushed it back to August. And right now that's where we stand. So we're trying to kind of play it by ear a little bit. The great news is that uh, being uh, three times a year anyway, we were already scheduled. We're on schedule for May, August, and November, no matter what, with or without a pandemic. And then uh, in 2021, which I'm sure this will all be passed by then, of course, uh, in 2021 in May, it's the world's first seven-day, seven-day hair show. It's oh, the wow. first ever really on the fast. continent of North America. Yes, so mm-hmm. that's all happening at the Showboat Hotel. And, of course, the Showboat Hotel in Atlantic City is very happy about that. Uh, we're going to be bringing a whole <laughs> bunch of folks down there uh, for seven days. Oh, they're real happy. They're singing my name. I am <laughs> uh, sure. So we're real excited. Oh, yeah, they really are. So uh, we're very pleased. I love them. They're my family. That's all I can say that. They're my family there at the Showboat Hotel. So please, and support them as they come out of this whole pandemic issue as well. Uh, book your hotel. Stay at the Showboat all year long. They are just doing amazing things. They've renovated. It is beautiful. They're on the boardwalk. Uh, when I'm there, I usually do a whole thing. We have 100,000 square feet. So we have the entire floor. And it is just gorgeous. And uh, it overlooks the water when I bring the, the school kids uh, because they send all the uh, cosmetology kids to us uh, from the high schools. And um, I brought them in uh, at the last show. They were they go out onto the patio, like a little patio thing, and it overlooks the water there. And they just they love it. And we talked to them about becoming entrepreneurs in this industry, kind of the things you were just talking about, Wayne Smith. Uh, what do you say, though? What else do you say? I know you were doing some things with the boys uh, club, I think I read somewhere. Well, what do you say to these young folks? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. so that, that, that's the other sector of uh, economic interest that we have to protect. So the International Youth Organization has been, so, was supposed to celebrate its 50th anniversary um, this year. And um, because of the pandemic, we don't know if we'll be able to get that in. Um, we had scheduled it for October, um, uh, led by Carolyn Wallace, who founded the organization 50 years ago. And so, you know, I was wow. born and raised in the city of Newark, and uh, it was mm-hmm. one of the anchor institutions that saved a lot of young people from the street, and they're still doing that work. And so we hope that uh, the, the organizations like th- th- that survive this whole pandemic. The government, major funding sources, the government again, and all of these kind of nonprofits, um, the philanthropic community, you know, the four foundations of the world, all the foundations of the world will have to step up and, and fill that gap to the extent that they can because their donor bases are getting affected by the pandemic. So we have to pay attention very closely to those organizations that support our community. And whether they're foundations or companies, we have to look very – and we're going to have to be very self-interested in this struggle for recovery. Because yes. if we don't protect our community stuff, and so the, the the political dynamic is one piece. Looking at those political figures who get elected, appointed to carry out our interests, 
you know, really challenging them to make sure that we do and paying attention very closely to whatever legislation comes down the pike, how the government is operating and so forth. So we have to pay attention to that. But we also have to pay attention to the companies that we procure goods and services for, who they're hiring, uh, where they're locating their operations. And we have to take our economic interests and make sure that we invest in those or buy from those who support our interests. And those that don't, we have to find the alternative means to do that. So, you know, we have to really, this pandemic is going to really force us to organize ourselves in a way that previously we may have taken for granted and we may have not uh, guarded our dollars and our vote in the way. Um, I'll go back to a, 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 one of my political heroes, uh, former congressman, the late Adam Clayton Powell, who used to say mm, it's in right. your hands. It's in your hands. And those mm. things that we do control in our hands are our money and our vote. And so those uh, those things are have to going to be marshaled now. We've got to be very strategic about um, how we spend, where we spend, and protect our interests in that whole process. Wow. Well, hold it. Wayne, I've got to tell you, we're going to give you a chance to get you a little sip of some water there. And uh, grab your coffee and tea and all those wonderful good things. Um, and coming up, we're going to take a little bit of a music break. It's about mm-hmm. five minutes. Just give you a mm-hmm. chance to do what you mm-hmm. need to do and be right back here. <laughs> because right. there's something called Business Bounce Back Boot Camp that oh, we're wow. uh, kicking off here as well. Yeah, Business mm-hmm. Bounce Back Boot Camp. Try saying that real quickly, you know. Um, <laughs> so we want to talk to you camp. about that and some of the things she has. We're going to tease it because you're, you've got some great projects that you're currently working on. So mm-hmm. we want to mm-hmm. talk to you about some of those things that are important to you. You've really, you've, you've really put the light on the hair and beauty industry this morning, and we so appreciate it. And we're going to kind of turn it back to some of the wonderful things that you're doing. So real great okay. stuff. I want you to stay with us. Now, this is in honor of you being on our show today. It's Throwback Thursday, and uh, we want to kind of – Say this out to the folks. There's a message in this music uh, today, and I'm real, real excited about it. And again, it really has a lot to do with uh, our, our new Spotify, uh, our new Spotify uh, that we have. All these wonderful uh, little, uh, what they call like playlists and things like that. And when we heard you were going to be on the show, we thought it would be really appropriate. So this is a short five-minute music break. Stay with us. we got a lot more with Wayne Smith coming up and a lot more of the Hair Radio Morning Show to go, plus uh, big news on the other side. Stay with us.
Good morning, this is Purple Barbie, and you're listening to the all-new Hair Radio Morning Show live with your hosts, Carrie Hines and LaSonia Nicole, from 6 a.m. to 9 a.m. Eastern Time, every weekday morning. Carrie, back to you. All right, thank you, Purple Barbie. It is Thursday morning, April 30th, 2020, and it's our show number 442. Uh, I'm bringing to the line back Miss LaSonia Nicole. Again, good morning, LaSonia. We've just been jamming here during the break. <laughs> good yes. morning to you. Yes. yes. Now good our morning. Very, right? Absolutely. Now, our very special guest that we've been chatting with this morning, you guys know him. He's been on the line with us really all morning. He's the, uh, you know, the gentleman who's just been doing his thing. I have to say, Mr. Wayne Smith and uh, – just uh, just doing some really good stuff, and we're going to get him back on the line in just a moment. Uh, LaSonia, I have to say, can you tell folks a little bit um, just on what the wonderful roundtable is all about? And I'll just let you go on and take that away for a quick moment. Share with everybody what Fridays, you know, what we do on Friday each week, if you will. Absolutely, Carrie. My honor. So on Fridays at 7 a.m., as some may know, and of course, you know, we always want you to be a part, is our ambassador hour. And you might say, okay, what is an ambassador hour with a hair show? Well, in our ambassador hour on the Hair Radio Morning Show, what we do is we bring the hot topics in our industry and around our industry, or, you know, that's not even necessarily in our industry, but we like to discuss the hot topics What's going around? What's going on around us? So we try to pick a subject and we target in on that subject. And it's a group of us that come together and we just give our different points of views. About, I think last week. Last week we discussed tipping. We've discussed problem solving. How to deal with that challenging client, how to deal with, you know, challenging stylists. We've discussed, you know, what it is that we're doing within this COVID pandemic that we have going on right now globally. So we bring to the table Friday at 7 a.m. a topic that we have a full panel and we have a discussion about. And what we love about it is that you can dial our 516-453-9458. You can press exactly. one, and you also can be a part of that conversation that we Absolutely. have on Friday mornings at 7 a.m. It's every Friday, 7 a.m. It's our ambassador hour. And so many Fridays we are so heavy into the subject that it spills right on over into our 8 o'clock hour, and we don't even recognize that. It's approaching 9 o'clock. So, yes, we look forward to our Friday Ambassador Hour. And it's really the hour. Of course, you can always be a part, but this is really the hour that you can really be a part as one of uh, the Hair Radio Morning Show listeners. So we always invite you to enjoy. uh, Join us in our Ambassador Hour. Exactly. And don't forget, um, so we've been chatting with Wayne Smith this morning. Let's see if we can get him back on the air. Wayne, are you there this morning? Are you there this morning? Yes, we can hear you great. So thanks so much. Wayne Smith, uh, 
that's okay. Listen, you're doing great. We're going to let, uh, I know LaSonia has been dying to ask you a question all the broadcast, <laughs> and I've been, kind of been hogging the time this morning. I'm known as a mic hog also sometimes. Uh, well, listen, uh, you go right ahead and jump on in, LaSonia, Nicole. Michael, Michael, of start. course. Wayne so, you Smith. know, Mr. Wayne, we, when, when I was listening to you talk about we have, you know, two things at our hands. We have our money. We have our vote. Another thing, I often come into conversations where I'm in the salon and someone is talking to me about some new law that has just passed, whether it's been some type of um, – you know, one of the things that we often talk about, which recently came up through a phone conversation, was someone was um, preparing to send their child to school in September, and their child is, I think, not quite five yet. And, you know, and I instantly begin to talk about legislation and that before these things become bills is legislation. What are some of the ways that you would tell or recommend or have someone to start if they want to be a part of legislation or know what's on their state's legislative uh, upcoming events before these things become bills where they can, you know, I I often say, you know, you should be a part of those things. You should go to the meetings. You should speak. You know, like right now there is a trail being put behind my house where I go to those meetings to speak, to voice my opinion, because I'm not really crazy about a trail being put behind my house where, you know, anyone can walk through and have immediate access. So my question is, how would you recommend that someone, you know, comes to be a part but before they go to the voting booth or before they hear, you know, on uh, the fiscal year that, hey, this is the new law? Yeah, great, great question. So let me, let me respond to this in a couple of ways. So um, one of the things you do is when, uh, And we can't hear you that well, Mayor Wayne uh, Smith. We can't hear you that well. Yes. Can you hear me better now? Yes, yes. much better. Yes, thank yes. you. Okay, great. Yeah, so um, – one of the things I would suggest is stay informed whatever new sources that you have about things that are going on in your state capitol. And then you have the opportunity. A lot of times they do have hearings, and I said letters, false calls do matter, particularly when they wow. come from people who vote. So you have to, yeah. a lot of times we don't have time because of our busy lives to go to the state capitol to testify about certain bills and how it impacts your life. But, but letters, the phone calls, and having other people make write letters and phone calls are very, very helpful. They shape legislation. You just look at this current debate in Washington. The money went, the first round of this, this payroll money went so quick, people lobbied for more, even the unemployment <laughs> benefits. They raised the level. You know, each state had uh, their own levels based on their, their, their state economy. But I think the Congress set a minimum of $600 a week, no matter what, what, whatever your state might have had, four or three or whatever that was. So we get a chance to shape legislation by, you know, talking, writing, calling in. Sometimes they're always going to make a difference. Yes, it does. So as one who has served as an elected official, it does make a tremendous difference. And each phone yeah. call or letter really represents the point of view of hundreds of others. Because while you will uh. write in hundreds of others may not, the more people that do, the more powerful they become. Now, on a lot of a lot of decisions, like you mentioned, the trick are made on a local level. So you have to pay attention right. to 
things like what your city council is doing, uh, what your mayor is proposing. Uh, you have things like uh, zoning boards and boards of adjustment and planning boards. They make it, and, and you mentioned earlier talking about the community boards they have in New York City. That's right. These boards make major decisions outside the elected process. They have major power in terms of land use, what is allowed, what is not allowed, and they even accept testimony processes. Now, here's the other piece I want to suggest to our community. So a lot of times we're reacting to what other people are thinking, and so we have to shape that so that their thinking doesn't impact our lives. But we can also initiate legislation through our elected officials. Just like other people do. Yeah. So really. let's, let's, to a point, the beauty business. There's going to be people making decisions, governors and mayors and city councils, about how you're going to operate after this pandemic. You guys may want to come up with how you want your salons to operate and still be safe and healthy for your customers. It'd be better you propose it because then you know if you can implement it or not, as opposed to the state coming up with a system that may cost you more money than you have the ability to pay or not having had the experience of, of, of dealing with uh, customers and a environment. So you can get in front of things by proposing, look, if you look at some of the major corporations, they're always in front of, in the banking crisis, I'm reading a book by Ben Bernanke, who was the Federal Reserve Chairman. And they were looking at what, how it was going to affect the banks and the financial global community as things were unfolding. They were shaping it. So we can mm. shape what affects our industry, too. We just have to have the ability to spend some time thinking about it. And that's why the, the hair, associ- hair radio association becomes an important vehicle it's for this particular yeah. beauty business because you can't begin to shape. Look, there's going to be legislation that's going to affect the beauty business and how we're going to be able to operate Will there be license changes? Changes? Will there be more health requirements? Uh, will there be more sanitation requirements for each salon? We better get ahead of it so we know what we yes. need to do, and we can then shape the bill. Now, how, how does one get influenced? The more people you have, the 800 people that Carrie mentioned, as a powerful block around the nation, and then then That's we right. you know, you know, we have other things that we could do locally. You know, yeah, uh, business associations, chamber of commerce has become major yes. uh, storytellers. The beauty business can flex its muscle inside of those organizations. Even our own neighborhood block associations and so forth, tenants yes. associations, all become important characters. And you use those as allies because they understand, look, exactly. you, are, you are contributing. Look, if you're a salon operator, every customer probably has children. Can you contribute to my PTA? Can you contribute to my church or street or whatever? And they, and they all come to you because you're there in your salon either every week or every two weeks, and they figure that well, you the little league, the the Girl Scouts, whatever it is, you 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 contribute to it. You buy ads to all these journals that promote your business, but it's also you're a major player in the community. And again, as uh, was saying, you're also what we call a center of influence. Because you yeah. have for people undivided attention at various points in time, you can influence in them. Some of your customers would do stuff for you that they wouldn't do for anybody else. So in terms exactly. of shaping legislation and, and telling them who to call, 
say, hey, listen, call your city councilman because, you know, they're getting ready to stop parking in front of here. And when you well, come, Wayne, you're going to be able to you. I have to just say to you, first of all, I have to say a huge thank you for everything that uh, you have done for us and to be our guest today on the Hair Radio Morning Show. Before we let you go, uh, any last thought or sentiment uh, or shout-outs this morning that uh, you want to share with the audience? Well, so, so you know, listen, uh, one of the things that, um, you know, I work on is some development projects in New Jersey. So if anybody's interested in doing real estate development or being involved in some development projects, feel free to give me a call at 973-375-5702, or they can text me at 973-204-5639. And I'm also available for uh, – any other speaking engagements for, you know, whether it's associations or business associations or community groups, and they can reach me at those numbers as well. Exactly. Or through Hair Radio, we'll connect you as well. That's right. Absolutely. And, and, we have, yes. and, and so me and Carrie have been talking about putting together a show, and so that may be coming yes. too. Very soon. And uh, so I want to just say thank you again. And folks, if you've missed any part of this broadcast, it will replay in its entirety at 12 o'clock in the afternoon or 1 o'clock Eastern time over at www.stormradio247.com. So you can go there anytime, day or night, and listen to the Hair Radio Morning Show. The only thing is that it loads the current show, today's broadcast, is not there until about 12 or 1 o'clock in the afternoon, East Coast time. So, again, that's www.stormradio247.com. It's been an amazing day here on the Hair Radio Morning Show. I want to thank all of our guests. It started this morning kicking off with uh, Beyonce's dad, uh, at Matthew Knowles, at the very top of this broadcast. So when you play oh, back, wow. you'll hear that celebrity interview. Okay, wow. So you're, almost, okay. you're in good company today, Mayor Emeritus, uh, Mr. Wayne Smith. <laughs> <laughs> you are. You're in great company today. And then, uh, so we've got a lot of great stuff. We had Natural Hair Talk in our middle show. So, uh, Nicole, Lasagna, Nicole, great job on that. And, folks, we'll see you back here tomorrow morning, starting at 6. Don't forget, we're kicking off Black Hair Month all during the month of May, right here on the Hair Radio Morning Show. You don't want to miss that. So, uh, thanks so much, guys. We're going to go ahead and get our outro started. Wayne. I will uh, catch up with you after today's show. Okay. Great job. Thanks again. All right, folks. Here we go with our outro. Well, it's that time for us to bring this episode of the Hair Radio Morning Show to a close. I want to thank all of our amazing advertisers, and we encourage you to support their products and services. Also, want to thank our great guests and my co-hosts, LaSonia Nicole, the Hair Radio Morning Show Ambassadors, our music editor, Kelly, and to all of our wonderful show fans from all over the world. Remember, the Hair Radio Morning Show does not have to end here. Catch the replay of today's broadcast over at StormRadio247.com, starting at noon. And as always, visit us at www.HairRadio.com continue our hair talk discussion if you're interested in being a guest on our next show or advertising your products and services simply give us a call following today's show 
at 347-587-3213. Again, that's 347-587-3213. And also, share your program ideas with us at Twitter. Simply send to at Care Radio or search us on YouTube under Carrie Hines. Now, we'll see you back here for the next live episode starting 6 in the morning till 9 o'clock Eastern weekdays. That's 5 to 8 Central. Again, I'm Carrie Hines. And until the next time, if you say it, I'll play it. <laughs>